Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. One of those great stories about technology now that's going to help us reduce our impact on the planet. Just a smart use of a smart use of resources. Um, it's a renewable energy innovation that you may have been waiting for. Cheaper solar panels. Professor Paul Dastor from the School of Mathematical and Physical Sciences at the University of Newcastle has devised a way to be able to print solar panels and the technology uses PET plastic, you know, the sort of stuff that they use for soft drink bottles. Uh, well, I asked Professor, Professor Dastor whether it's physics or chemistry that's involved. Well, actually, Stephen, it's a, it's a combination of, of both. In a conventional solar cell, the solar cells that your listeners will be familiar with, they're made up of a semiconducting material, which uh, is known as silicon. And it's that silicon which generates charges when light shines upon it. The only problem is, of course, that that silicon is hard and rigid. And that's why we get those big panels that we see on roofs. About 30 years ago, it was discovered that actually there are other materials that can act as electronic semiconductors, and they can be made out of polymers or plastics. And that's quite surprising because most of us typically associate plastics with being electrical insulators. They don't let charges flow. But there are a very special sort, uh, special set of plastics or polymers that actually act as semiconductors. And what's different about them? Well, in their chemical structure, they consist of chains of alternating double and single bonds. And that's known as conjugation. (laughs) Uh, And if you think about it and you were to draw it in front of you, you know, a double bond, a single bond, a double bond, what can happen is the double bond can flip to the single, making it double, leaving behind a single. Did that make sense? It makes sense. So what, that happens when you apply energy in the form of sunlight? And then what happens is that can, can that movement can ripple down the chain, and so charges can be carried by that polymer. That's pretty groovy. It is. Now, <laughs> if I have an electronic material, if I, I, I can build electronic devices, and a solar cell is perhaps the simplest one. I have a semiconductor sandwiched between two conductors, two electrodes, like a battery. And then when light shines on it, charges are generated, and they're collected at the opposite electrodes or contacts goodness now does that happen um with such at the same level as the same volume of silicon or do you need a lot more of these uh, polymer products yeah so so you touch on an interesting difference between the two sorts of materials that in our polymer based solar cells they ultimately are less efficient than um silicon solar cells although that efficiency is is rapidly rising and approaching that of of silicon-based devices. Um, But in general, it's less. And so what does that mean? That means that we need a greater area um, to produce the same amount of electricity. Hence, the installation that goes across an entire roof, for instance. That's right. And of course, our view is that the, the important question here is how much does the energy cost to generate. Mm. And what we've shown is that because the cost of manufacturing these solar cells is so cheap, um, that cost is very low. And it's so cheap because these polymers that we have developed can be turned into inks that we can print at vast scale using fast printing machines. So then how do you print this material? How, how does it turn into an ink? We have these, these materials. They dissolve up um, as liquids, so we can we can use various solvents, um, and then we can put them into a conventional printer, 
Um, in fact, the printing machine that we use is quite large. It's it's about it takes up the best part of a room, but essentially it's a machine that's usually sold to print wine labels. So it's nothing special. <laughs> it's just the ink, um, yeah. and we have to control the thickness very carefully, and um, we have to understand the physics and chemistry of what we're doing. But ultimately, that's all we're doing. And in answer to your question, we we print on. Uh, plastic sheet, the sort of sheets you'll be familiar with from the old overhead projector days. It's that sort of thickness of plastic. It's transparent. Um, And we print the solar cells consist of a series of layers. And so we print a bottom contact, then we print the semiconducting layer, and then we put the top contact on. And indeed, the top contact, just, just for interest, is done via an evaporation process, a sputtering process. It's the same way that you make the inside of um, crisp packets, that um, metallization layer. So you say, in that. fact, the electrode itself is printed? Uh, one of the electrodes is printed and the other Good. one is butter-coated, yes. That's incredible. And, so, and all done reel-to-reel, so it can all be done very fast. That's really incredible. Um, down the down the track, uh, this means you could print any kind of thing and make it into a, effectively a, I was going to say a battery, a battery, a battery stores energy, you could make it into a power source. Uh, I don't know. It, it depends on what you mean by print any sort of thing. We, we're looking at a variety of substrates. Mm. Um, and indeed, you know, part of this, um, part of the equation is making sure that the whole process remains low cost enough mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. for it to be viable. So it's a, it is a balancing act between cost and energy generation and lifetime, actually. Um, but we are certainly looking at printing directly on fabrics now, um, and indeed we have a, a, a series of projects with other partners looking at um, producing, for example, products for horticulture, greenhouse covers, grain covers at vast scale. You see, there are enormous areas that we're just not using. What really excites us here at Open House is the use of this sort of technology to either reduce our impact imprint on the planet as it were or to bring social justice to people in the third world and um, I just wonder have you done any thinking about how this could could benefit the developing world absolutely I think that's a that's a key point that you touch on there Stephen if we think about some of the other advantages of the technology uh, as well as its cost is the fact that it's printed on extraordinarily lightweight flexible plastic sheets now there are many roofs that simply can't take the weight of a heavy, rigid glass solar cell. These things can weigh typically around 20 kilos per square meter. Um, And you can think where many of those roofs are likely to be are in the developing world. Mm. And so the opportunity to bring power to people who don't have any, that's a significant advantage. Fantastic. Our guest is Professor Paul Dastor. He's Professor of the School of Mathematical and Physical Sciences at the University of Newcastle. Um, And both of those disciplines, together with um, uh, economics, I guess, uh, imputed in in this work you're doing. Do we move to the stage increasingly then um, where the entire nature of our electricity industry changes from a distribution model to a a co-distribution model or a distributed network model. So we're all, and especially if you add batteries into the mix, um, we're all generators, we're all contributing to the grid and you lessen our need to have uh, the controversial coal-fired power station. Well, I think that notwithstanding our work, I think we see that that trend is indeed occurring, isn't it? We are heading away from centralized power generators towards a more distributed model. 
Do I think centralized power generation will go away completely? No. Um, do I think distributed power generation will grow? Absolutely. Um, and indeed, the work that we're doing is really trying to change the way we think about energy, yeah. Um, yeah. trying to create low-cost sustainable energy for everyone. Um, and in our case, I think you're right. We are going to be heading towards a distributed model. And indeed, more than that, um, I think that the way in which we will think about how we pay for energy will change dramatically as well, in the sense that I don't believe we're going to see, in the case of our work, actually um, paying for it uh, up front, but rather that you would pay for a plan uh, for it to go on your roof, in the same way that you pay for a mobile phone plan. Hmm. such that every few years the the panels are replaced hmm. uh, but you don't know about it you just continue to pay for the for the plan if that makes sense hmm. and just like you have with your mobile phone we don't expect for example our new phone to be the same as our old phone we expect it to be better hmm. and i think we'll see the same with this technology it will be constantly improving that that's really interesting because it's it's that's what's happening in the software industry and so many other industries you now purchase a license effectively subscription and it just goes on forever and it keeps getting better it's exciting that what you've been able to do the genius perhaps in in this latest development is that you're making all of this out of recycled materials well um what we're working uh on if you like are materials so the substrates that we print on are just pet standard coke bottle material um and that material is recyclable and indeed, in terms of the the um, commercial installation we just unveiled yesterday, that will be up for six months. We will test it, and then we'll bring it all down and recycle those solar cells. Which is wonderful. And if you manage to do that in Newcastle, where you're located, um, a city that's going through a, a real change from heavy old-style industry to some of these newer industries, that, that could be a fantastic thing for that city. Well, we certainly hope so. And, you know, that is, in a sense what we're here for within the university system. We, we are here to generate those new ideas for community. And uh, we're working as hard as we can, Stephen. I'm sure you are. Look, <laughs> thank you for the work you're doing. It's exciting, and, and thank you for speaking with us. Oh, look, it's an absolute pleasure, and thank you for your interest. Professor Paul Dastor from the School of Mathematical and Physical Sciences at the University of Newcastle. That's very exciting. And look, saving the planet... Uh, reducing coal-fired power stations and creating cheap energy for the third world. That's all fantastic. Love all of that. But I must admit, I'm going to be pretty excited when you can print me a hat or a cover for my hat uh, that'll let me charge my mobile phone while I'm walking in the sun. I think that's the way to go, isn't it? Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.